everybody. My name is Andrew, and welcome to the Bundesliga. This is episode 37, talking about match day 33. And today is the first time for the Welcome to the Bundesliga podcast. I have two guests with me. My buddies Diego and Eric from the Benchwarmers FC podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us on, man. I've been uh, I've been waiting to get on here to kind of give you your banter. I know Diego has as well, so I'm excited. Yeah, I'm glad to have Same you guys thanks on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. I I, uh, I had a blast the one or was one or two times I was on your show. So if you guys want to check out their podcast, we'll plug it all at the end. But I had a good time on their show, so I figure. I'll, uh, I'll have, bring them on here and talk a little bit about, about the uh, Bundesliga action and how they've enjoyed uh, watching Bundesliga while there was nothing else to watch. So let's uh, let's get into it right now. So the last week we had was match day 33, so we're getting close to the very end of the season. I'm sure you guys have heard at this point that Bayern Munich has already won the league. We won it, I believe, on match day 32 when we beat uh, Werder Bremen. So now what I'm looking at is Bayern's going for some records this year. Right now, Lewandowski is the highest-scoring non-German player in the Bundesliga. Mueller right now is tied for most assists in a single season with the EPL's own Kevin De Bruyne. Back when he was in the, in the Bundesliga, he had 20 assists in one season, and Mueller is tied with him right now, so that's good company to be in. Then we have David Alaba, who has the most Bundesliga games played as an Austrian player. And we have our new coach, Hansi Flick, has won 15 consecutive games in all competitions, so... Bayern's won the league. It looks like they're stacking up on some records here. What do you What do you guys think about that? Surprised? Not really. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, what is this? The eighth time consecutively for you guys, I believe. Yeah, eighth time consecutive. Uh, the only team that's kind of tied with us right now is Juventus has had eight, and if they win this league uh, this year, that'll be their ninth. So. They do. They might have one up on us. I mean, I, I, I'll give you my two cents before I, I, I let Diego go ahead. Um, but I'm, I wasn't surprised. I was hopeful Borussia would uh, put the pressure on and you know maybe sneak it away, sneak away with the title. But my whole worry about the the restart to the leagues were injuries, and that's the first thing we saw. And Bayern Munich, they they just look solid all around. It looks like they never skipped yeah. the beat. And a lot, one player that I really, really, really am watching now on Bayern, and Bayern is uh, Alfonso, Alfonso Davies. That kid oh, yeah. is a monster. And the, the MLS's own. I, I love that kid. Yeah, that too. That's awesome. Well, I'm not surprised either. I think, but I'm only excited to see what Sancho's gonna bring out of the best. That's the only guy that I've been watching. Yeah, Sancho's for. Santos another big one. Um, I was definitely going to ask you guys about him later on. But yeah, Bayern, um, listen, Alfonso Davies, I'm sure he impressed everyone. In, in the span of uh, 20 games, he went from being a, a left winger to one of the best left backs in, in Europe. So that's definitely an impressive thing to do at such a young age. So in this, uh, in this match day, we had Bayern play SC Freiburg. And unfortunately, Bayern played spoiler to Freiburg's hopes of getting a Europa League spot. There, there were teams that I like to compare them in the EPL to, like, the Wolves. They're, like, weren't always that good, but they're starting to work their way up where they can kind of compete for some European action. So this week, if they had tied or beaten Bayern, they could have gotten into that Europa League spot. Unfortunately, Bayern beat them 2-1. Unfortunately for Freiburg, uh, they beat them 2-1. So Freiburg is out of a Europa League spot. And in this match, Louis gets a brace, adds two goals to his tally. He's now at 33 that's a personal best for himself, so congrats on him. Unfortunately, Freiburg has to wait one more year to get in European competition. 
Now, the other match we have is Dortmund and Leipzig. So after last week's mishap where Dortmund lost to Mainz, uh, Dortmund returned to their winning ways with who else but Erling Holland. We got two goals from Erling Holland, another goal that's late in the game past the 90th minute. So he's now got three goals in his last well, he's got three goals in the last three matches, I believe, and two of those were past the 90th minute. What do you guys think about Erling Holland? I mean, he just exploded onto the scene. 13 goals in the Bundesliga since January. I'm sure one of the first games back in the Bundesliga was Erling Holland. I believe he was the first uh, goal scored after the restart of the season. So, what do you guys think about Erling Holland? I want to hear that. Diego, you want to take this one first? Yeah, man. I think. It was uh, interesting to see Erling Haaland score the first goal because it was a bit awkward, that goal celebration. But he's been pretty explosive ever since he came to Bundesliga. (laughs) Everybody was like, it was like that that little shimmy dance at the the end line. It was a social social distance dance. Gladman. But honestly, yeah, the social distance dance. I think the biggest thing about Erling Haaland is that he moved from what's considered a lower league per se right, right people thought his but he's been doing it just the same in Bundesliga he's been tearing it up in Germany mm-hmm. and for me personally ever since I heard of Holland when he that um that youth world and that was the first time that we heard about him yeah yeah I remember that he's, he's just been phenomenal since then and to Slatan to young Slatan this is just a I still consider him a kid but th- this yeah. is a young talent that knows how to put the goals in and he knows how to score them so, hey get, get getting getting that slots on that that's uh that's it that's doesn't impressive surprise me at all. Yeah. yeah cool exactly cool. eric what do you think i mean Dale can tell you i'm probably this kid's biggest fanboy <laughs> I, I want his jersey you and, <laughs> you and everyone else <laughs> i wanted to play for arsenal and then go to real madrid and go back to arsenal go back to madrid and just keep going there but obviously it's still the now <laughs> How long is he going to be there? I don't know how long they're going to be able to keep him, honestly, man, because I'm, do- I'm looking at his stats right now just because you-, you brought him up and his, his start, he has, uh, what, thir- 10 starts and 13 goals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. He's literally on fire, yeah. It's it's crazy how explosive this kid is at such a young age. and Yeah, and he's built. He's like 6'3". He's, he's one of the biggest guys in the team. His ceiling is... I don't even. I can't even imagine where it's yeah. at. I, that's, yeah. That's scary to see how talented this kid is. And knowing, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. If he's gonna stay at Borussia, I hope he does because I want to see him grow with that team. Yeah. But if he does stay and they build around him at Borussia, that team is gonna be a team to watch out yeah. for. Next. I've, one of the things I always say about Dortmund, and I've been saying on this show for plenty of episodes, is that Dortmund has one problem, and it's not quality, and it's not being able to beat Bayern. It's being able to hold on to players and hold on to talent. Because if you look at the players they've had and sold in the last couple of years, Christian Pulisic, you had Andriy Yarmolenko, which isn't the best guy, but he's still a, a solid striker. You had last year Paco Alcácer, who, when he showed up, I thought he was the next big thing. He was doing the same thing as Holland now, scoring, you know, coming on and scoring two goals in the 90th minute and things like that every week. You know, and they keep selling these players and you know the big rumor this summer is that Sancho's going so if you think of all the players over the past couple of years that they could have held on to and if they said hey guys take this project on and let's see if we could make something out of it you know I feel like they 
had and still do have a great core of players. It just seems that for whatever reason, they can't convince players to stay there. And, you know, eventually Bayern's luck's going to run out. You know, either they're going to break every single record known to man or eventually the luck's going to run out. And wouldn't you like to be on that Dortmund squad that that's the one that beats Bayern, you know? Do you think he's going to leave this season, this season or next season? Uh, it, I hope he does it. For, for my love of the Bundesliga, I hope that we can get more eyes on the league sure. and more eyes on a team that's not Bayern by having awesome players like Sancho and like, you know, Marco Royce and like Erling Holland play at the top level. And I really hope that they're able to have top talent come to Dortmund and try to try to get them to, to win something. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, Diego, correct me if I'm wrong. You're a Man U fan, right? That's right. Absolutely. So, all the rumors. Jaden Sancho. Is he going? Is he is he going to Man U? Is that happening? How do you how do you feel about that? Uh, listen, I've worn my I've worn my jersey inside out for the last two weeks, so hopefully that's been enough juju to to get him to <laughs> sign. There's a lot of rumors about uh, his price. Uh, and then there was, a, I like the psychological warfare that players put on fans mm-hmm. because they like a tweet that says something specific to the situation that they want. So there was that whole drama a little bit uh, earlier in the week, well, late last week, where he liked a, uh, a tweet that, that was out by, the, by someone in Dortmund that said mm-hmm. that he had mentally just checked out of the team because his mind's right. with United, it's in Manchester already and right. we got reports now that there's like a lower asking price it's, the Central Saga has been pretty much taking a toll on United yeah. fans alike for about two years now Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard definitely that like transfer that prices gotta wrap it up. Yeah, I've heard that transfer prices are becoming a big issue now that, you know, the whole quarantine happened, there was no revenue from the, the fans and all that kind of stuff, so prices are like dropping down which i'm sure for you united getting a player like sancho is probably a a good thing for you guys helps you out there how do you mean i, I find it kind of impressive that this man U team that hasn't been the best team over the last couple of years was able to attract a player like sancho who is at the top of his game obviously man U is one of the big historic clubs of the of the premier league but with their current form are you a little bit surprised that Sancho chose there to go as opposed to other suitors, possibly? I think it's going to be a, a mixture of the the atmosphere at the club and I guess the premise of what, what the club can achieve because I can't gloss over the fact that United hasn't been the best, mm-hmm. but because they're at a lower level, I think a player like Sancho would welcome the challenge of saying, okay, when I got there, I put this up. Uh, to a higher spot. I think that's something, I think that's a prospect that a player like Sancho would enjoy, especially just making the direct analogy of how he likes to take on a, a other player. He would ultimately grab onto the idea of taking on the challenge of bringing an entire squad up with his yeah. quality. I think he can do that anywhere he goes. He doesn't necessarily have to go to United. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I can't pretend either that you know money doesn't talk because it does. So I think those are basically the two biggest things. I, am I surprised that he's choosing United? If he does end up going there, yes, I would be. Um, yeah. Because of, for the very said, there are a lot of teams that can probably offer him more, especially when it comes to the Champions League uh, discussion. But yeah. there were rumors that it's not a deal breaker, and I think honestly, 
the team that uh, he can claim whole like holy 100 percent. he can mm-hmm. claim i got there i got you guys back to glory i got this team back to where it should be yeah and i think that's something that that definitely is a good a point player, and like, that's a good point and and you know, you're definitely having that badge of honor of that like i was part of the rebuild and you know i was part of the project that got us back to where we're supposed to be and i have uh, one of my buddies from my other podcast he's a huge united fan also he is in love with Bruno Fernandez, so having Fernandez and Sancho kind of all in the same squad, it, it seems like all the gaps you guys had, you're starting to fill them. So, you know, best of luck to you guys there. Guys, that's like a big headache already thinking about it. I can already go <laughs> saying all these things later on. But yeah. <laughs> all right. So let me cover two more matches real quick, and I got some more questions for you guys. So Good. next matchup, Gladbach versus Potterborn. So. Gladbach's been one of the better teams this year. Just last week, they got knocked from fourth place down to fifth, which is that last Champions League spot where they went down to Europa. This week, they beat Paderborn 3-1, reclaim their Champions League spot, which this next week, it's still up for grabs between Gladbach and uh, Bayer Leverkusen. In this match, Lars Stindl returns to great form. He's got two goals on the day, so now he's got three goals in two matches, so he seems to be returning to some good form here. And I'm sure Gladbach is eagerly waiting to see how Leverkusen does. And Leverkusen's match is against Hertha Berlin, a team that's been really, really in great form since the restart of the season. In this match, Leverkusen actually drops all three points to Hertha Berlin. And the two new signings that Berlin signed, one was in the summer, one was in January. You got Dodi Lukabakio and Matthias Cunha. Both of them net a goal. So these two youngsters seem to have found a team that knows how to use them well. Dodi Lukabakio played over Dusseldorf for a while, and that team was kind of always a bottom table. Matthias Cunha played for Red Bull Leipzig, which is a great team, but he wasn't getting much starting time. So the two of them were able to link up at Hertha Berlin, and it seems like they're finally getting first-team minutes and playing super well. Unfortunately, nothing from Kai Havertz this week, although I'm not too worried about him. He's still easily one of the most impressive players in the Bundesliga, both this year and just since the restart of the season. However, with this loss, they fall out of a Champions League spot into Europa. So the next most exciting race in the Bundesliga, other than the Bayern and Dortmund race for the title, this season has been between Leverkusen and Gladbach for that Champions League spot. We already know it's going to be Bayern, it's going to be Dortmund, it's going to be Leipzig. That last spot has come down to these two teams. And honestly, at this point, it's going to be to the last match day to see who wins it. You have Kai Havertz and Leverkusen who's playing super well. You have Gladbach that just has like a full team with no superstars, but a full team that just plays well together. And I think that's the next, imp- uh, you know, next important race to look at. Next week is going to determine who makes Champions League. So, do you guys have any predictions there? And I'd like to hear your stars, or your stars. I'd like to hear your thoughts on Kai Havertz. Diego, wanna, I'll, I'll jump on this one first because I already have my my Champions League predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm going to leave the top three as they are with this Bayern Munich, Borussia, and Leipzig. I don't see them dropping out, even though I did read Timo Werner is pulling out of the Champions League squad. Yeah, yep, he this. is. It's kind of a He's blow. Like, yeah, of- like you have the chance to at least advance and do something in Champions League, and you're going to throw that away. To I mean, you, obviously, you've already signed the contract. You're going to Chelsea, but just finish out the Champions Like People, the whole t- point of moving teams is to get Champions League action, and you're this far in, and you're just going to leave? What, I don't if they, know. what if they win it? You won't be a part of it, but we'll see. Joke might be on him. Uh, yeah. Those three up top. As far as the fourth position, 
I, I want to give it to Gladbach, but I, I, I want to see Leverkusen in there just yeah. because I'm more historically familiar with them, and I just know the quality that they have. And yeah. I definitely can see them pushing much of Gladbach out of the way. But as far as Kai Hardvart, uh, I, I did read Chelsea is supposed to sign him. Oh, damn. Chelsea's going to have a beautiful squad if they if they yeah. get all this done. This kid is how old again? He's, uh, he's- uh, I believe he's 20. This is his second season, or, or his second season kind of starting regularly. I believe he's 20 years old, and he shows no signs of slowing down at all. If, if anybody wants to start watching beautiful soccer at such a young age, the Bundesliga is where it's at. You see all these young talented kids just completely tearing it up right now and Kai Havertz is one of those players is he going to leave I don't know because I, I, again I've been reading a lot that he's been either linked to uh to Liverpool or Chelsea I think Barcelona as well but it's at such a young age you know any team is ready to just pluck him away so yep. I, I want to see him to stay I want to see him grow like you said the, the more talent that you have in the Bundesliga the more eyes are going to kind of go watch right. it so yeah I'm yeah gonna, I, I want to see how he does in the future of the uh, the German national team because there's been a lot of controversies there with Joachim Lowe and who he's picking and him kicking Muller off the team and then Mueller having a 20-assist season and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, last World Cup. Yeah. Like, well, who, who, he has to go, if anything. Yeah, yeah, that performance was, was not fun. But, you know, now we have this new crop of players. We have Timo Werner. We have Kai Havertz. These are all players that are going to, be on this next generation of a German national team. Uh, is Kai Havertz is, is Kai Havertz their future? Twenty years old. I mean, already tearing it up. I can't. I don't. See, you know, Germans they don't age, man. They play forever. Yeah. <laughs> they don't age, man. They play forever. So this kid can again. They can, they can build a team around him, which they are. They have they have all the pieces. Look at Bayern yeah. Munich there yourself. You have so many pieces to the puzzle right there to mm-hmm. to complete what you got to complete. And yeah, I, I think he is. Um, he is probably the guy that can lead them to victory in the future. I, I think between him, Timo Werner, and everyone else that the, the German league's got, I think Germany has a very bright future, to say the least. 100%. Easily. So, to finish up this match day and then get into some more questions with these guys, my man of the match day, Robert Lewandowski, gets two goals, gets a brace, puts him up to 33 goals for the season, which is, I think, his personal best. Definitely not a Bundesliga record. There were some players in the in the 70s, like the Gerd Mullers, that got up to 40. And I don't think Lewandowski hitting 40 this year. But 33 is definitely a good number, and it's his personal best. With those two goals, that's good enough for my man of the match day. Now, there's one thing I want to tell you guys. I don't know if you guys know this, but the promotion race on the second Bundesliga is pretty exciting right now. So currently the teams that are getting promoted is Armenia Belfield. They're in the first place spot. They're automatically getting promoted. Then in the second place spot, you have Stuttgart. I believe they went down last year. They're going back up. And then the third place race is super exciting. You have Hamburg, which was the team that was relegated for the first time ever in Bundesliga history. They were the last team from the original founding of the league that never got relegated until last year. They went down. Now, as the season sits right now, they are one point out of a relegation, or sorry, promotion playoff spot. Last week, they played Heidenheim, and it was a 1-1 tie until the 90th minute when Heidenheim scored a goal that kicked Hamburg out of that third-place spot down to fourth place. So next week, we will see whether Heidenheim gets promoted or whether it's Hamburg that gets that last spot. So that's a super exciting race there. 
because Hamburg went down and they're about to come right back up the next year. And, you know, you might have Heidenheim playing spoiler there. So that's something to look out for in the second Bundesliga for sure. You always got to keep an eye on those promotion races too to see who's coming up next year. And Andrew, I was just looking at the at the fixtures for the weekend. I didn't realize Gladbach was playing Hertha Berlin. You were just giving Hertha Berlin a lot of praise. So that's yeah, a game. exactly, exactly. You know, you, you always gotta keep an eye out on who plays who. You know, the week Bayern won, they were playing Bremen, but if they were playing someone else that week, it, it might not have happened. You know. Yeah. All right. I think that's enough of me breaking down the match day. I do have some more questions for you guys though. So. Since the restart of the season and kind of having a couple weeks that it was just Bundesliga on TV, who's impressed you the most, whether it's a player, a team, specific match? Like, can you guys pick out one moment, player, anything that, that was like, wow, this is this is pretty cool watching the Bundesliga here? Dave, you want to go first? Yeah, man, I'll, I'll go for uh, Kai for a minute now. But honestly, watching Kai Havertz tear up other defenders – to the point where they have highlight reels on Instagram. <laughs> that was the most impressive thing I've seen. And, you know, I looked it up, too. He, he just he just recently had a birthday uh, on June 10th. So he's he yep. is. He, so he's 21 he's basically now. 20. He's 21 now. Yeah. You drink. <laughs> he, he, he's of age now. But he was he was dragging around defenders like if they were kids. And, and that was probably the wildest thing to watch because, you know, I myself uh, regularly, it's like opening your eyes to this whole new stock of player that mm-hmm. is just technically gifted, physically able, and is just like not for a reason. And Kai Havertz impressed me in, in that. I'll give you the opposite though, because I think it's actually pretty funny, uh, especially in the local scene, being um, New York Red Bulls fans. Right, right, right. I started seeing a lot of the banter finally that hits uh, Red Bull, Red Bull Leipzig because a lot of people were kind of uh, admonishing the fact that they were, were starting matches. Arguably, apparently, their fixture list for the, for the restart was supposed to be pretty manageable. Mm-hmm. And so they ended up tying matches and they ended up blowing like And I was like, man, this is such this is such a repeat story of what yeah. we what, what you see here in MLS. What, what so we call I think, that is uh, is that so Metro. <laughs> yeah, yes that is so metro man it's definitely yep. metro it definitely is uh That's... and it was it, it's kind of like the opposite side of the spectrum I, I definitely was enamored by kai havertz i give him all the all the laudits that he deserves mm-hmm. and on the opposite end i was also uh very eerily reminded of what uh, a red bulls organization can produce as far <laughs> as uh as far as results but uh I'll, yeah Maybe that's why Timo Werner is looking the other way and running away. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll jump off you, Diego. I'll piggyback off of you. Uh, my whole thoughts to the return of the leagues in general, right. I was not a fan of. I wanted them to cancel it once everything was kind of beginning prolonged. I was like, yeah, I just cancel the league. Because my main fear were injuries. Right. And just lack of Lack of football, lack of good football, which we did see a lot of from other teams. Now, with that being said, the player, the player in the team that's in, is impressed me the most has to be Bayern Munich because, like I told you before, they haven't skipped the beat. Mm-hmm. And the player that's impressed me the most is Alfonso Davies, man. That, I, yes, I, I'm a fan of his. I was, I'm, I'm so glad you brought him up. Yeah, he didn't he just break a record for pace too. 
Yeah, he he broke a record previously held by I think Kingsley Coman. Uh, so he broke a team record and a league record at the same time by uh, hitting the fastest pace. Dude, and you see him like when you saw him playing against um, Holland, I guess in the in the in the clash, right? Mm -hmm. He just had him in his pocket. Yeah. And for a kid that we're giving so much praise to, like, yo, this kid is the next Zlatan, or he's gonna be yeah. better than Zlatan. You see, you know, all this and that. To just be completely held silent yeah. by Alfonso Davis is his first season that Bayern, if I'm mistaken, right? He played like one game off the bench, or one or two games off the bench last year, and he did get one goal last year. But this year, he kind of came into his form. Yeah, and that he is. And his his story is super impressive because he came yeah. from being a left winger in Vancouver to Bayern's B squad where he played as a winger. And then we get an injury to our back line. Alaba has to move to center back. And then he got thrown into left back, even though he's a naturally offensive minded player and a wing, winging, you know, a winger player. And then he did struggle defensively the first couple of weeks. It was a lot of weeks where if he didn't have that pace as a 19, 20 year old kid, you know, there were some goals that, that were going in if he didn't hustle back and, and defend. And he was shaky there, but over the course of 20, 22, 23 games, he really was coached by Alaba next to him, which is, you know, you can't ask for a better yeah. coach at left back than Alaba. And then having players around him, the quality that Bayern does have, you know, he really came into his form as one of the best left backs in, in Europe in, in the span of 20 games. So that, that is super impressive. Uh, as far as the football though, from the restart, I don't personally for me it hasn't been the same. It's not it's not midseason football. It's more like scrimmage or friendly. Yeah. But uh, it's it, it was fun. It's fun. Once I told myself I'm not gonna watch this. I, I'm I'm gonna avoid it. I'm just gonna wait till the season's over. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about all leagues again, not just the right. all. I'm right. about all leagues. Once the games came on, I'm like, <laughs> like, like, I cannot. <laughs> I'll just watch the games. Screw yeah. whatever. I'll bitch about it later and everything. But yeah. it's just, I had to watch it, man. It, you had to watch it. You, you can't not. Yeah. So we already talked about Sancho to United. We talked briefly about uh, Werner to Chelsea. So originally, something that surprised me was I was I was looking into like the rumors and stuff right around uh, when there was the quarantine because, you know, there's nothing else to do than read rumors. Right. And apparently one of the biggest... Uh, rumors was Timo Werner to the EPL, but not to Chelsea. It was to Liverpool, and there was a lot of talks of Klopp and all that. What do you guys think happened between Werner and Liverpool and Werner and Chelsea that he chose Chelsea over Liverpool? Well, like, what, what, what do you think happened there? Is that the right decision? What do you guys think? Diego, do you mind about this one real quick? Because I actually spoke to my brother who's a, and Eddie, who are big Liverpool fans, about this. Yeah, man. Take it, dude. So I asked him that. I'm with my brother. He's a huge Liverpool fan, and I'm sitting next to him. Um, I forgot what game we're watching, but I'm like, "Why didn't? When are you guys gonna sign Timo Werner and Nigel at Chelsea?" He looked at me with the saltiest face. <laughs> like, he was like, "Though, don't even." I mean, that's, he's like, "Don't remind me. Don't, don't remind, remind me." Because I mean, if if Manis allow Firmino leaves, he can slot any one of those positions. Yeah. And I asked him, "So what? What, what actually happened?" Because he follow, he follows the news and everything for Liverpool. I don't as much as he does. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, it was the prices. The price. Uh, uh, Klopp wanted him, but the board for Liverpool didn't want to pay it up. Really? After and, everything Klopp's done for that team, they don't trust him with signings. Hey man, I, I'm okay <laughs> with it because I want to see him go back down. But yeah, <laughs> he. But the Chelsea, you know, they don't they don't care about spending. They don't yeah, care about that's is it a good move for him? I don't think so. I, I think you're probably better off learning from 
a coach like Klopp as opposed to a, a semi-new manager like Lampard, I would like I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't have him go build his talents under a new coach. I'd rather have him yeah. build his talents under a coach who's already established himself, knows the German league, so he knows what right. Timo Werner can bring, knows the Premier League now because he's been it for a couple of years and he yeah. can help integrate a lot better. But uh, is it a good move for him? It's he's gonna be the star of Chelsea. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Any thoughts, Diego? I think the reason why he might have also been swayed, which Eric touched upon, is not fit into unless one of those top three guys leave. And I really don't see Liverpool getting rid of either Salah, Mane, or anybody else for that matter on the front line. Liverpool, even though it's not about them right now, but ever since they won, you know, the sixth title, they've signed Minamino and Vanderberg, like a, a young kid, like. Minamino, who came from the same team Talking as Holland, by the way. Or, yeah. Correct. Correct. Minamino, who also turned, you know, several of their defenders inside out, and then they decided to sign him, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, best audition. I think if they couldn't pull Werner, it's because Werner... Werner must have known that he wasn't going to get the spotlight, where, in comparison, at Chelsea, Tammy but really, that's it. You know, they, they have a bit of a stopgap with Giroud, which is, he's a proven striker. You know, he's a yeah. proven forward. He he gets the job done when he needs to. But as far as like that, most has been known for, you know, the Shevchenko's down the line. The Torres is down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, they need someone who can definitely take on all of that spotlight, which Werner is definitely, he's, he's a customer. Already. He definitely was shining in, in that Leipzig team. I don't have to reiterate it. So I think uh, Eric pretty much nailed it. You know, it could have been also Liverpool's fault for penny pinching a little mm-hmm. bit. For, 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 uh, but again, if at the end of the day, we can speculate that it was Werner's choice, I think he definitely saw the opportunity at Chelsea to probably outgrow his ceiling. And that's why he ultimately chose them. Makes sense. Makes sense. So I got one quick question and then well, one, two more questions and I'll let you guys go. So one, this is a transfer going the other way. So the rumor is Leroy Sané to Bayern. What do you guys think about that? I'll give you my thoughts first since the rumor's coming to my team. I'm actually of the opinion of I'm not even sure that I want him. That's, I know, it might be a hot take there. And here's my reasons. We have Nabri who's playing super well, definitely in great form. Well, Coman is here and there. He's good on some days, bad on others, very injury-prone, but definitely good to have off the bench, or he can start in the lineup. Someone else will pick up the slack, and sometimes he'll have a good game and just shine, which he had one of those a couple weeks ago. So we have him. If we do decide to sign Ivan Perisic, that's another option on the wing. And then you always have to remember, once our back line is healthy, Alaba can slot back into left-back, and then Alfonso Davies is free to play his natural position at left wing. So I think we're set in the wings between Nabri, between Perisic, Coman, and Davies. The other thing being, we haven't seen Leroy Sané play since that injury. So you're buying a cat in a bag. You don't know what you're going to get. For that reason, I'm a little bit apprehensive to it. You know, it's not bad to have the extra depth, but... I, you know, I wouldn't, that, I don't think that player makes or breaks the team, you know? Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm, uh, I'm uh, in the minority of Bayern fans that, just, that says that, but that, that's how I feel. No, I mean, I'm more surprised. I'm actually a big fan of Sané, and I, yeah. I really 
think he can light up. I think he can slot in any team. Yeah. He could be, he could be a starter. And now that you mentioned all those names, I'm trying to think who would he replace. And honestly, out of everybody you just said, they're all match fit. They're all performing at phenomenal levels. Yeah. I, I don't – maybe it's not a good move for him to go. I, I At first I thought I was like, yeah, he wants to go. He's going to tear it up over there. Yeah. But now that you put it like that, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's not a good move for him to go to Bayern if- if he's healthy, he could take Coman or Perisic's spot easy and have Nabri and 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 uh, you know Leroy Sané. That would be fine. I just you don't know with a, was it ACL tear or Achilles, yeah. whatever the injury was. If I had seen him play five games, then I'd be like, okay, I can tell where where his health at, where where his mental health at, and that. But I haven't seen him play one. And I don't think we're gonna see that. him play. That's yeah, the thing. I don't think because from what I understand, Pep already said he's leaving at the end of the season. He's yeah. going to Bayern Munich from from well, it's already confirmed apparently by yeah. uh, the news outlets. So I don't think he's going to be playing anymore this season. Right, it's going to be a big year. Right, it's a risk. You, that's an expensive risk. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. That's actually uh, you kind of hit me there. You kind of something though because I, 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 at first I was all for it, man. I think he he'd do it good anywhere, but. Nah, you're right. I think uh, Bayern. Are I, I feel like I feel like I am in the minority, even amongst Bayern fans, with that opinion. But that 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 is how I feel. Any fan would want more talented players on your squad. Yeah. That's, that that yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of like the natural. <laughs> but when you put it like Man. that, it's like Andrew. Oh. I'm a, I'm a good, if you take Sane, bro. If you take Sane, you're gonna get a plus five stamina boost for all the Germans <laughs> on your team. Is that wrong? I'm telling you, son, pick. You need to get him out of the EPL right now. He's gonna have green lines connected to the rest of the players. It doesn't even matter if he's on the bench or not. That Just take Sane true. right now that he's available. You know. He, <laughs> You're like, I want him out of my league, and I want him out of my derby against Burnley. <laughs> yeah. Just go ahead, man. Because because if he listen, I know Pep already said that it's his mind as far as moving on from from City. But I'm saying as far away from the EPL as possible is great. You know, he's going to be very comfortable at Munich. He's going to be winning trophies over there, you know, for the seven in a row. That's fantastic. Maybe it'll be a bit of a nightmare and it'll come to bite us in, in the ass, like in Champions League, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But I'm just saying, Leroy Sané, it's just like, uh, you know, he'll just fit in so well with the rest of that Bayern Munich squad. You just want to take him right now that he's available, man. Just just, <laughs> just swipe him up. Him. All right, all right. Last question. Champions League. Who do you guys got for this year? Uh, okay, okay, hold on. Are you asking Champions League out of the remaining teams or, or right, out of the remaining teams left this year? Take it. Out of the remaining teams left this year, who do you guys got? Mm. I might say Real Madrid. But I can also – I'm also some biased if I say Juventus because I love Ronaldo. But those are my mm-hmm. choices, honestly. Honestly speaking. I, I think Barcelona are in a slump. Uh, Bayern, I mean, Bayern Munich, though, you just – I mean, I forgot. I'm talking about fucking – you're right. Yeah, and the thing is, Bayern's going to have about three weeks off between the end of the season and Champions League action. EPL is just going to be ending All around right. that time. Now you say that. Yeah, that seems good. I brought that up. I'm going to give it to Bayern Munich. Just because Real Madrid are still fighting for the title. Juventus, under Sadi, aren't looking that good, who were my top two choices. And Bayern Munich already won the league. So 
All you got to do is worry about staying in shape until... I mean, to- you're saying Real Madrid, but didn't City beat Real in the last leg? Oh, that's true. They're already out, too. <laughs> and City still has to... They still have one more game that City has to play, but, like... I, I wouldn't count City choke artists, bro. They're Champions League choke artists, all right? Pep Guardiola <laughs> is a league coach, and I stand by that. Ooh. Everybody hates me when I say that. He's a league that's, coach. that's a hot take, but you're not wrong. <laughs> that's but a hot take. I mean, honestly, in, three, in three years, he couldn't get Bayern to win the league. Exactly. Uh, given the circumstances, taking everything into perspective, you know, with the break and everything, and the, you guys, the fact that he won the league already, I can honestly see Bayern taking it out of um, away from anybody else. I hope so, but I also hope that it's not going to be tarnished with a oh they only won the Champions League in a in a truncated season and all that. But I think I this mean, the way this 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 Champions League is set up now is kind of more exciting in a way. It sucks there's no fans, but a little bit yeah. more exciting with the, you know the whole the, the, the stakes whole, are higher. Yeah, single elimination. Yes. Diego, yeah. who do you got? Listen, I we watched. We were lucky enough to watch Chelsea getting demolished. And if you had asked me back who I thought was going to win the Champions League, I would have chosen Bayern Munich just off of that performance. <laughs> yeah. Because even uh, like the memes and the jokes throughout that entire afternoon were, when do we play Chelsea next? Can we play Chelsea every weekend? Oh, yes. And I love it. Coincidentally, that same match day, we saw Napoli tell Barcelona. And I believe that, you know, the point that to the point that what Eric said, the fact that Madrid and Barca are still fighting for that La Liga title, I think that's going to take a lot of their, um, I guess, from this this other trophy, from this Champions League trophy, this one and done, uh, this like you know straight knockout format that they're introducing now. Mm-hmm. I, I I would have probably said, but you know we're seeing a lot of these teams are being affected by the by the restarts. Juventus look definitely lackluster in the Coppa Italia that they just played against Napoli. They they mm-hmm. got swept. Right. I, they got swept because I think they were just hanging on by a string to try to force it into penalties. Um as far as Man City, if I were being objective, I would probably throw Man City into the into the so I think Man City are going to choke and I really hope they do. I hope they choke again. Uh, out of all the squads, though, the only detrimental thing, which I think you said and I completely agree with, you know, uh, the City, they're going to be hot off of the, the restarts. And I think by that point, uh, their managers are going to have probably a very good idea on who's fit, who's ready to right. go, and what formation works for them. Them. On the uh, on the other hand, though, you have a Bayern team that's on really their their top dog right now, and they know it for sure. They have a Lewandowski, like we've said throughout this entire episode. Lewandowski has been the type that he has with his age, and I mm-hmm. think just for that, he's a completely different monster of a striker. And, and definitely, uh, Lewandowski is always has to be up there in like the top. Oh yeah, for sure. Striker conversation elaboration just for me to say i agree i think Bayern munich not just tailored for this episode and your podcast but honestly for me personally i think Bayern munich has a very very great chance uh yeah take this champions league title this year i'm just uh, guys i'm just glad liverpool's out guys yeah just, <laughs> we all are man because D- diego's got something something out. to celebrate we all got something to celebrate um yeah i i really can't see the only thing i can see going against Bayern is that three weeks off of not playing any soccer and yeah. maybe kind of fitness but it's hard to, to root against Bayern. i mean if i had to pick you know two or three teams it's, it's Bayern, it's it's uh man city and 
Juventus slipped up against Lyon last time. I don't think they're going to in the second leg. So, like, maybe throw Juventus in there and, and, and see what happens. Yeah, the fact that people are saying they're, they're and not, not only you, people say that they're scared that they're going to be, you know, off for three weeks, they're going to be rusty or whatever. We They literally had three months off. You're right. You're right. They, they just had three months off and they're coming and back. They're crushing. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying this. I'm saying people in general, because I I always said it too. Like you know, you need preseason, you need friendlies to kind of get back into shape. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like Bayern need it. <laughs> I, I guess you're right there. Cool. So we all got our Champions League picks in. Eric Diego, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I'm gonna give you guys a minute here to plug uh, plug Benchwarmers FC. Super cool podcast. If you want to list off your socials, we'll also put them in the show notes. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, uh, Diego. You're a little chatty, man. So I don't wanna. I don't want you to kind of say anything out when you're saying it. So I just a quick little plug. Appreciate that, Andrew. Uh, if you want to go over to our, our, our podcast, it's Benchwarmers FC. Uh, YouTube is Benchwarmers FC TV as well. And we kind of focus on the Premier League. Um, we do dabble into other conversations, but our main focus lately has been on the Premier League. And we have Andrew on there as well every now and then. So hopefully you'll catch him on soon in one of our episodes. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for coming. My name is Andrew, and I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>